السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما إن شاء الله بيجن كتاب صلاة الخوف today the book of the fear prayer this section has also been narrated as abwab salat al-khawf the chapters related to the fear prayer in some versions of sahih bukhari you will find kitab salat al-khawf and in other versions you will find abwab salat al-khawf both are okay both have been reported because as you can see this chapter is very very short so some categorized it as a separate book as a separate kitab and some just categorized it as abwab just chapters that are together bab salat al-khawf the fear prayer salat al-khawf the fear prayer what does it mean by this meaning the prayer that is being performed in a state of fear the prayer that is performed slightly differently why what's the cause what's the reason fear and the evidence of this that how salah will be performed differently due to fear where is this evidence found in the quran as well as the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so first of all the evidence is brought from the quran because that is the correct method that for anything the evidence is taken from where the quran the sunnah and then the sahaba the scholars wa qawlillahi ta'ala and the statement of allah the exalted wa idha darabtum fil ardi and when you strike in the earth darb fil ard meaning you travel so when you're traveling in the land falaysa alaykum junahun then there is no blame upon you there is no sin on you meaning it is perfectly all right an taqsuru min as-salati that you shorten the prayer it is correct to shorten the prayer during travel how do you shorten the prayer during travel that you shorten it in its quantity in its adad and also in its kayfiyah so first of all in quantity how do you shorten that so for instance four rak'at you shorten them to two rak'at and generally with fard salah there is also sunnah so for example in salatul zuhur there is sunnah before the fard and also after but during travel you shorten it meaning you shorten the number of rak'at you perform so you eliminate the sunnah Once Ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu he was traveling and he did not perform the sunnah and somebody objected that if you perform two rak'ah what's the big deal right that why don't you he said if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not do it that i won't do it either because the sunnah is to follow what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did and also leave what he left remember that following the sunnah ittiba'u sunnah includes following his words his actions his approvals as well as his tark meaning leave what he left so over here taqsuru min as-salah qasr this will be in the number of rak'at and also in the kayfiyah in the kayfiyah meaning generally in prayer you would you know for example recite a surah that is long but during travel it is perfectly fine to recite a surah that is very very short is this proven from the sunnah Give me an evidence. You have studied it. Yes. What did he recite? Surah At-Tin. Exactly. Generally, the Prophet ﷺ in Salatul Isha, he would recite a surah that was not very lengthy, 
but it had some length to it. However, once when he was traveling, he recited Surah Al-Teen. Now how long is that surah? Very short. So, taqsunu min as-salah, if you shorten the prayer, there is no harm. In khiftum, if you fear. Who do you fear? What do you fear? An that yaftina kumul ladina kafaru. That those who disbelieve will put you in fitna, meaning they will harm you, they will attack you. So in other words, there is fear of the enemy while you're traveling. And this is the reason why you shorten the prayer. There is no harm. Now apparently from the ayah it seems that the prayer will only be shortened when there is fear of the enemy. Now remember that initially, whenever the Muslims would travel, obviously they would always have fear of the enemy. Right? And this is the reason why this is mentioned. However, later on, this shart, this condition was removed, it was dropped, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He was charitable towards His servants, and He allowed them, in fact, He ordered them to shorten the prayer, even when they did not have any fear of the enemy. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ did. He shortened the prayer during every kind of safar, every kind of journey. Whether there was fear of the enemy or there was no fear of the enemy. Indeed, the disbelievers, they are for you a clear enemy. Meaning their enmity is clear. So do not be deceived by them. Always be on guard. وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ And when you, O Prophet ﷺ, are amongst them, meaning you are amongst the companions, you are with them, فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةَ Then you perform the prayer for them, meaning you lead them in prayer. Meaning when the Prophet ﷺ would be traveling with his companions, they were together, and during the journey, even though there was fear of the enemy, how were the people required to pray? Together, in jama'ah. And who would lead them in prayer? The Prophet ﷺ. Now remember that obviously this ayah was revealed to who? The Prophet ﷺ. And this is the reason why he was addressed. And remember that this address is not just limited to him. So this hukum that is given is not just limited to him. Some said that the fear prayer was only for the Prophet ﷺ. And it cannot be performed today. However, other scholars said that even though the ayah says, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ it doesn't just mean this was only for him. This may be performed by the believers any time after the Prophet ﷺ. Because we see that that is what the companions did. That after the Prophet ﷺ passed away, even they performed the fear prayer. So you understand? In the first ayah, what did we learn about? Shortening the prayer during travel. In this second ayah, we're learning about shortening the prayer during travel, especially in the state of fear. So the fear prayer, because the method is slightly different. Okay? The fear prayer, the method is slightly different. There are many, many more allowances. Because remember that as difficulty increases, allowances also increase. So travel itself is difficulty. And this is the reason why prayer is shortened. Now, during travel, when there is fear of the enemy, more difficulty. So what does that mean? More allowance. However, the fear prayer when that is performed, إِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ Remember that this is not just for the Prophet ﷺ, but also for the believers in general. So, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةَ How will the fear prayer be performed? فَلْتَقُمْ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ Then one group of them should stand مَعَكَ with you. With who? The Prophet ﷺ. What does it mean? Meaning one group will stand 
with the Prophet ﷺ and pray, while the other group is going to remain where? On guard. Guarding the rest of the Muslims. So basically the Muslim army is divided into two groups. One group begins the prayer and the other group guards. وَلْيَأْخُذُوا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ And while they are praying behind the Prophet ﷺ, behind the leader, how will they pray? Holding their weapons. Why holding their weapons? To protect themselves and also to show to the enemy that just because we're praying, it doesn't mean that we are. Huh? That, that you can attack us. We're still ready to face you. We are still alert. وَلْيَأْخُذُوا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا Then when they have performed the sajda, who? The first group. They have performed the sajda, meaning they have performed one rak'ah with the Prophet ﷺ. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ, he, he got up for the second rak'ah. The first group also stood up with him for the second rak'ah. And فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا when they perform their sajda, meaning of the second rak'ah, while the Prophet ﷺ is still standing, what are they going to do? They're going to perform their second rak'ah. How? On their own. You understand? So, فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا What does it mean? The first group completes the prayer. Because this is what we learn from the sunnah. This is what we learn from the sunnah. Because the sunnah explains the Qur'an. So the Prophet ﷺ explained this ayah through his action. Alright? How did he explain it? That when the Prophet ﷺ got up from his first rakah, he performed the sajda, got up from his first rakah, stood in the second rakah, he remained standing. He made the qiyam very, very long. Okay? And while he's standing, what happened? The people behind him, they went into rukur, they went into sajda, they completed their second rakah. They said the salam, and they went. They switched spots. With who? With the other group. فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا فَلْيَكُونُوا مِنْ وَرَائِكُمْ Then they should be behind you. وَالْتَأْتِي طَائِفَةٌ أُخْرَى And the other group should come. Which other group? لَمْ يُصَلُّوا Who have not yet prayed. Okay? So the Prophet ﷺ, he's standing. The second group came and joined him in Qiyam. You understand? They came and joined him in Qiyam. And then the Prophet ﷺ, فَلْيُصَلُّوا معك. And they should pray with you. How? The Prophet ﷺ is performing his second rakah, and the second group is following him. But obviously, uh, when the Prophet ﷺ will end the prayer, they have performed only one rakah. You understand? So, what happened? That the Prophet ﷺ, he remained sitting in tashahud and waited for the people behind him to perform one more rakah. You understand? He sat in the shahud waiting for the people to perform one more rakah. When they sat in their tashahud, then the Prophet ﷺ said the salam with them. فَلْيُصَلُّوا مَعَكْ وَلْيَأْخُذُوا حِذْرَهُمْ وَأَسْلِحَتَهُمْ And the second group, when they come, they should also be holding on to their hidr. They should take their precaution and also they should be carrying their asliha, their weapons. Notice how for the second group it has been said, that they should not just be holding their asliha, but they should also be especially on guard. For the first group, what was mentioned? Just asliha. But for the second group, hidr has also been mentioned. They should be on guard. They should be even more alert. Why should they be even more alert? Think about it. Why should the second group be even more alert? When they're praying with the Prophet ﷺ. Because the enemy has been facing half of the Muslim army. You understand? 
And for a few minutes it's okay. But when they've been facing half of the Muslim army for a long time, then what happens? The Muslim army is getting weaker. You understand? It's getting weaker. The enemy is gaining strength. So this is the reason why those who are praying, the second group, they should be especially on guard, even more careful, because the enemy has time. You understand? They have had more time. They have been stronger. And they've been facing only half of the Muslim army. So, وَلْيَأْخُذُوا حِذْرَهُمْ وَأَسْلِحَتَهُمْ Why? وَدَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا The disbelievers really want لَوْ تَغْفُلُونَ If only you would become negligent عَنْ أَسْلِحَتِكُمْ From your أَسْلِحَة From your weapons وَأَمْتِعَتِكُمْ And your belongings. They just want you to be negligent for a few moments. You know, take a break. And فَيَمِيلُونَ عَلَيْكُمْ مَيْلَةً وَاحِدًا And they will attack you with just one attack. Give you one blow and finish you off. So this is why be on your guard. Because the enemy is looking for those moments when you are weak. When you lack strength. وَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ And there is no blame on you. إِنْ كَانَ بِكُمْ أَذَنْ مِنْ مَطَرٍ If you are suffering from some harm because of some rain, meaning if it's raining, it's wet, and أَوْ كُنْتُمْ مَرْضَى Or you are sick, أَنْتَضَرُوا أَسْلِحَتَكُمْ It's okay for you to put down your weapons. Because if you notice, carrying the weapons has been mentioned two times. For each group it has been mentioned. Right? Seems as though it's an obligation. But what if there's no need in the sense that the enemy is resting? It's fajr time. They're sleeping. No lamps on, no activity. Nothing like that. And what if it's raining? Or what if the Muslims are exhausted? And there's no real need to carry weapons. Is it still mandatory to carry weapons? No, it's not mandatory. There's no harm if you put it down. But وَخُذُوا حِذْرَكُمْ Take your guard, take your precaution. إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَعَدَّ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَذَابٌ مُهِينَ Indeed, Allah has prepared for the disbelievers a humiliating punishment. Now in summary, what do we learn from this ayah? How will the fear prayer be performed? That when the Muslims are facing the enemy, or there is threat of an attack from the enemy, the enemy is nearby, then the Muslims have to take precaution when praying. And this teaches us that when there is a real danger, don't close your eyes to it. Face it. Accept it. Acknowledge it. Because unfortunately, we have developed the attitude that when there is a danger, when somebody is you know, saying negative remarks about Islam, leave them. It's okay. Leave them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will deal with them. Yes, Allah will deal with them. But you also have to be concerned about about yourself. Right? So for instance, Muslims' image, if it's not the greatest today, uh, what do we think generally? Forget about it. It's okay. Allah will deal with them. But what do we learn from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? Was he concerned about the image of the Muslims? Yes, he was. He was. He, he took precaution. Like for example, so many times, hypocrites, Umar who asked, allow me, I will kill them. But the Prophet ﷺ said, no, do not do so. Because the people will say that Muhammad ﷺ does not even spare his own men. The Prophet ﷺ was concerned about Muslim image. Right? So likewise, if there is any threat, don't close your eyes to it. Acknowledge it and face it. Be prepared for it. Take your precaution. Take your precaution. 
we have many extremes within us. One extreme is that just tawakkal, tawakkal, tawakkal and do nothing. And the other extreme is no tawakkal and take the entire matter in your own hand. There has to be balance. And that was the way of the Prophet Accept the reality. Face it. Prepare for it. And rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. And this is what the fear prayer teaches us. That when the Muslims are facing an enemy, the enemy is real, then you can't just say, forget about them, we will pray, Allah will protect us. Allah will protect you, but you also have to protect yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ala kulli shay'in qadeer. But He also uses means, right? To do certain things. So you also have to adopt means in order to protect yourself. So what means have to be adopted? What methodologies have to be employed over here in order to guard yourself? That the Muslim army will be divided into two groups. One group begins the prayer with the imam, while the other group remains on guard. The one that is praying with the imam, prays one rakah with the imam. Alright? The imam, when he will get up for the second rakah, he will remain standing in qiyam, while the first group, Prays the qiyam, does the rukur, does the sujood themselves. You understand? They will perform their second rak'ah how? Themselves. Where is the imam? Standing. He will make long qiyam. Long enough for the first group to perform an entire rak'ah. What will the first group do? They will perform their second rak'ah and complete their prayer and then switch places. With who? With the other group. So now the imam is standing in his second rak'ah. The other group, the second group will come and join him in the qiyam. He will lead them in one rak'ah. That is the imam's second rak'ah. You understand? Now, when he will sit for tashahud, the group that is praying behind him has prayed only one rak'ah. So what will he do? He will sit in tashahud and wait for them to get up and complete their second rak'ah. When they will sit for tashahud, then he will say the tasneem. So you understand? This is <coughs> how the Prophet ﷺ performed the fear prayer. Now, because you see, ma'aka. In this ayah, ma'aka. فَلْيُصَلُّوا مَعَكَ وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةَ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ مَعَكَ And then later on, فَلْيُصَلُّوا مَعَكَ Each group must get a chance to pray one rakah with the Prophet ﷺ. One rakah on their own and one rakah in jama'ah. What does that show? First of all, it shows to us the importance of Salatul Jama'ah. When there is a group of Muslims together, even if a battle is going on, even if the enemy is there, what is being done? What is being done? Salah is being performed together. And remember this, that salah in jama'ah for men, there are two opinions. Some say it is fard ain, meaning every individual must pray in jama'ah. And others say it's fard kifaya. That if there is one jama'ah going on somewhere in the city, it's okay. Everybody can pray themselves. The rest of the people can pray themselves. One jama'ah in the masjid, somewhere in the city, that's fine. But what do we learn from here? What do we learn from here? That it is necessary, unless a person is not able to join the congregation. It's going to take him half an hour to go to the masjid. And half an hour to come back. He can do that for one prayer, but for five prayers, extremely difficult. Then he won't be able to fulfill his other obligations. Then in that case, obviously, the situation is different. However, when a person is with a group of people, 
then in that situation, what does he have to do? Salatul Jama'ah, that is mandatory. And secondly, we learn here that each group is getting a chance to pray one rakah with the Prophet ﷺ. Think about it, wouldn't it be easy if half of the army just prayed two rakah behind the Prophet ﷺ and half of the army, they just performed themselves their prayer? Right? Wouldn't it be more simple? Exactly. Then the group that does not get to pray with the Prophet ﷺ, they're missing out on reward. What does this show us? Wujub, obligation of adl, justice between people, even in the matters of ibadat, in the matters of worship. That if one person is getting a chance to perform ibadah, that should not be at the cost of other people missing out on their ibadah. You understand? And this is something that we need to pay attention to within our families. Because sometimes it happens that, uh, you know, we want to, for, for instance, uh, attend a particular class. Right? And doing it full time. We're doing it. But another person is not getting any opportunity. Why? Because they constantly have to do the housework or they have to do the babysitting. What about them? Remember what Umar Abdullah did? With his brother? Not his uh, brother through blood, but his Ansari brother? What did they do? That one person would go and spend the day with the Prophet ﷺ while the other would work. And then he would come back and tell his brother about what happened, what he learned. And then the second day would be the other person's chance. So taking turns. And we see over here also people are taking turns. Nobody is missing out. Everyone should be given Equal chance, equal opportunity. And this is something that we we, we must remember. Adil is necessary, even in the matter of ibadah. And when it comes to the matter of ibadah, yes, you know, it's good to give up your share for other people and sacrifice. But in the matter of ibadah, you have to be a little greedy. You have to be a little greedy over there. Fight for your share, fight for your right. That if one person got to pray their fadl and their sunnah, why should you be expected to perform only your fadl and leave your sunnah in order to be with the family or in order to do whatever has to be done? No. If they got their their chance, you should also get your chance. Take turns. But don't miss out on ibadah. So this was the dalil from the Qur'an. What about the dalil from the sunnah? حَدَّثَنَا أَبُوا الْيَمَانِ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنَا شُعَيْبٌ عَنِ الزُّهْرِيِّ قَالَ سَأَلْتُهُ Shu'aib said that I asked Zuhri, هَلْ صَلَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ يَعْنِي صَلَاةَ الْخَوْفِ Did the Prophet ﷺ perform that prayer? Meaning, Salat al-Khawf, the fear prayer? Meaning, it is mentioned in the Qur'an how it should be performed. But did the Prophet ﷺ actually ever pray this salah? قَالَ Zuhri said, أَخْبَرَنِي سَالِمْ أَنَّ عَبْدَ اللَّهِ بْنِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا قَالَ Abdullah ibn Umar anhu said that غَزَوْتُ مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قِبَلَ نَجْدٍ He said that I went on an expedition with the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم in the direction of Najd. فَوَازَيْنَ الْعَدُوَّ So we faced the enemy. وَازَيْنَ Meaning we were doing muqabala. We were literally facing the enemy. The enemy was in front of us. We were in front of the enemy. فَصَافَفْنَا لَهُمْ And we had also formed Rose, 
لَهُمْ for them meaning opposite from, across from them. So in other words, the enemy was on one side and the Muslims were on the other side. And both were facing each other. But it was time to pray. The battle had not yet begun. Both the armies were facing each other. It was time to pray. So what happened? فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يُصَلِّي لَنَا So the Prophet ﷺ stood up in order to lead us in prayer. يُصَلِّي لَنَا Praying for us, meaning لِأَجْلِنَا أَوْ بِنَا Meaning, he was leading us in prayer. فَقَامَ طَائِفَةٌ مَعَهُ تُصَلِّي So one group of them stood with him performing the prayer. وَأَقْبَلَ طَائِفَةٌ عَلَى الْعَدُوِّ And the other group faced the enemy. Why were they facing the enemy? Meaning, showing to the enemy, we're ready to fight you. And the other half of us, yes, they're not here, but they're right here, we're guarding them. You cannot attack them. So, one group was praying and the other group was guarding. وَرَقَعَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ بِمَنْ مَعَهُ And the Prophet ﷺ went into rukur with those who were with him. وَسَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ And he also performed two sajdas, meaning one raka'ah was performed. And when the Prophet ﷺ stood up, from other narrations we learn, when he stood up for the second raka'ah, then the people who were praying behind him, they performed one more raka'ah during that time. ثُمَّ انصَرَفُوا مَكَانَ الطَّائِفَةِ الَّتِي لَمْ تُصَلِّ Then they went in the place of the group that had not yet prayed. Meaning they switched places. فَجَاءُوا So they came. Who came? The second group came. And the Prophet ﷺ was where? Standing in Qiyam, waiting for them. فَرَكَعَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِهِمْ رَكَعَةً Then the Prophet ﷺ performed with them one raka'ah. وَسَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ And then he performed two sajda. ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he said the taslim. When did he say the taslim? When they had also performed their second rakah. فَقَامَ كُلُّ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْهُمْ So then all of them stood up. فَرَقَعَ لِنَفْسِهِ رَقَعَةً Each one of them performed a rakah for themselves. وَسَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ And performed two sajdas. Meaning each group performed one rakah individually. While the Prophet ﷺ performed two rakahs with the people. One rakah with each group. So this hadith basically explains the ayah. That how the Prophet ﷺ performed the fear prayer. What does this teach us about salah? The importance of performing salah in jama'ah, but along with that the importance of performing salah on time. On time. How serious is this matter? That even when you're facing the enemy, there's somebody there, standing there with a weapon, ready to kill you. Yet when it's time to pray, somebody is going to guard you so that you can pray. And you're going to guard someone so that they can pray. You have to guard each other so that each person can perform his obligation, his duty to Allah. On time. Because if you think about it, I mean, prayer can be delayed. I mean, if it's such a critical situation, delay it till tomorrow, till next week. But no, because the matter of battle is very, very strange. You don't know how long it is going to go on for. And what's going to happen to you. And especially when you're facing your death, then you want to make sure that you have performed all your obligations. Right? So, 
Likewise, we don't know when death is going to come to us, when that door of death is going to open for us. We don't know. We are works, waiting for no reason, for last minute. When the sun is setting or thing, we're just going for prayer. Like for all this other one is priority, we give them, but yes. for Salah not. Yes. For every prayer is a window. Yani within that time period, you should perform that Salah. But don't delay unnecessarily because you don't know when, when death is going to come to you. So when you get a chance, pray. When you get a chance, pray. Don't delay for no reason. As soon as you're able to pray, pray right away. Make time for it. Give priority to it. Because if you think about it, I mean over here also, they could have delayed the prayer. Right? Delay it. But no, no. Right now, we will be able to pray because the enemy has not yet advanced. So pray. Right now. And sometimes it happens that, okay, the time for us, for example, it enters and we're like, yeah, yeah, there's still two hours. I'll pray afterwards. I'll pray like half an hour later. But then what happens after half an hour? Somebody's on the phone with you and then you have to use the bathroom and then your child is crying and then somebody's asking for dinner and then there's a doorbell and then the next thing you know, half an hour left to Maghrib. So wasn't it better if you had performed your prayer on time? The old man was watching a soccer game. It was Asr and this was final game. They watched the TV. So he was uh, side of one group which is want to win this group, right? So it's time for Asr Salah came. He said, okay, now it's 15 minutes of this left, so I'm not going to waste it. I watched it almost for 90 minutes, so I'm not going to waste it. So wait, I'm going to do it. So the Salah time for Asr, he was waiting to do this stuff. But in the final, the game when it's over, the uh, the group which is you follow him, he lost. And he got heart attack and he uh, is uh, dying uh, on the same spot. So we do not know when the death will come and do this. Well, we really don't know. The fact that when facing the enemy you have to perform your salah, then it shows that anything that is of less importance, it cannot be good enough of a reason for you to miss your prayer or to delay your prayer unnecessarily. Now, from this hadith we learned that the battle had not yet begun. Right? I mean, the battle was not active. The battle was not really going on. The enemy was there, but the battle was not really going on. So in this situation, perform the salah in, in, the, in the manner that has been described. However, when the battle is going on, going on, it's active, then the conditions are different. And then in that case, we see that salah may even be deferred, as we will learn from other narrations, because saving one's life is also important. Bab salatil khawfi rijalan wa rukbanan Salat al-Khawf, the fear prayer, rijalan, while on foot, meaning rajilin, when a person is walking. Warukbanan. And also when when mounted on on a ride, meaning rakibin. Rajilun walking, qaimun, standing. Meaning the fear prayer will be performed while on foot or mounted, walking or standing. You can't leave the prayer. Whatever situation you're in, you have to pray. So, this is basically when the fear is intense. The battle is going on. The Muslims are actively participating in the battle. Then even then, salah will be performed. If a person is not able to get down from his mount, he will perform his salah where? On his mount, on his horse. If a person is walking, walking, 
you know, pursuing the enemy or, you know, deceiving the enemy, showing that we're running away, but we're not actually running away because you know that retreating from the battle is not allowed. So in whatever state a person is in, standing, sitting on a mount, he has to pray. حدثنا سعيد بن يحيى ابن سعيد القرشي قال حدثني أبي قال حدثنا ابن جريج عن موسى بن عقبة عن نافع عن ابن عمر نحوا من قول مجاهد So Mujahid he said إذا اختلطوا قياما Mujahid said something similar that is related by ابن عمر that إذا اختلطوا قياما when they are mixed mixed with who? with the enemy meaning the battle is going on Earlier we learned, they were facing the enemy. Here they're mixed, meaning the rows of the, of the Muslims are mixed with the rows of the enemy. The battle is actually going on. Then, how will salah be performed? Qiyaman. Standing. How will salah be performed? Standing. Meaning, as a person is standing, you know, with a weapon in his hand, facing the enemy, fighting the enemy, he will perform the salah standing. In other words, he will just gesture the rukur and the sujood, he will not actually go into rukur, he will not actually go into sujood. Why? Because if he will do that, that's very dangerous. So as he is standing, he will perform the salah. Just like a sick person. When he's lying down in bed, he's not able to go into rukur, he's not able to stand up. So whatever position he's in, he will perform the prayer. So likewise, during battle, whatever position a person is in, he will, he will perform the salah. So the salah will basically be just dhikr, and isharat, right? Saying the adhkar and performing the isharat, meaning just the gestures. Wazad ibn Umar, and Ibn Umar he added, عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, وَإِن كَانُوا أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ and if the enemy is more than that, فَلْيُصَلُّوا قِيَامًا وَرُكْبَانًا then the people will pray, قِيَامًا وَرُكْبَانًا standing and riding. Meaning if the enemy is much, much more, the fear is much greater. And the time of prayer is slipping away. And there does not seem to be any break from the battle. Then the salah will not be left. The salah will still be performed. How? Each person will pray individually, wherever he is, in whatever condition. Because earlier we learned that in the state of fear also, people will pray together in congregation. But here... This is a different situation. A congregation cannot be established. Why? Because the battle is going on. You understand? The battle is going on. So in that situation, again, more difficulty, more allowance. So what's the allowance over here? Each person will pray individually, wherever he is, in whatever condition, facing the qibla or not facing the qibla. Okay? But he's saying the, the dhikr of salah and he's also just you know indicating with his head. Again, what does this show? Importance of prayer. One battle, it's possible it goes on only for a couple of hours. It's over, done with. So, in that situation, okay, you performed uh, one salah, you, you delayed zuhr with asr, for instance. In some situations, what happens is that the battle doesn't seem to end. It's going on for days and days and days. So, some prayers were performed in such manner, but it's also possible that, you know, you think that I will just pray right now. I will pray right now. Hopefully within five minutes. Hope, hopefully within a few minutes. Th- this will be over and then I can pray with sukoon. But the next thing you know, the time is gone. It wasn't intended, but the time is gone. So remember that the situation is really unpredictable. 
So given the situation, whatever a person is able to do, he will do. Because فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ بَابْ يَحْرُسُ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا فِي صَلَاةِ الْخَوْفِ Some people will guard others during the fear prayer. How beautiful. That those who are not praying will guard those who are praying. Right? One group is praying, the other group is guarding. And then vice versa. And even during the prayer, each person is looking out for the other. And this is a very, very important lesson. That when people are together, and together as a team, they're facing a danger, a threat. Then each person has to be you know, on the lookout for the others. He shouldn't just be selfishly concerned about himself, but he should be concerned for others also. Because if others suffer, then he will suffer. Muslims are who? Believers are who? They're one body. They're one body. Just because uh, your hand is in danger, you can't say, I don't care. No. You will care. You will use your other hand to guard your hand, to protect your hand, to preserve it. حدثنا حيوة بن شريح قال حدثنا محمد بن حرب عن الزبيدي عن الزهري عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله بن عتبة عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال he said قام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقام الناس معه the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stood to pray and the people also stood with him فكبر وكبروا he said the takbir and they also said the takbir معه with him وركع he went into ركوع وركع ناس منه and some people who were praying with him, they went into rukur. ثُمَّ سَجَدَ وَسَجَدُوا مَعَهُ He went into sajda. And they also did sajda with him. ثُمَّ قَامَ لِلثَّانِيَةِ فَقَامَ الَّذِينَ سَجَدُوا وَحَرَسُوا إِخْوَانَهُمْ He stood for the second prayer. And those people who had performed sujood, meaning they had performed their second rakah also, they حَرَسُوا إِخْوَانَهُمْ They got up to guard their brothers. وَأَتِ الطَّائِفَةُ الْأُخْرَى And the second group it came. فَرَكَعُوا وَسَجَدُوا مَعَهُ They did rukur and sujood with the Prophet ﷺ. وَالنَّاسُ كُلُّهُمْ فِي صَلَاءِ All the people were in prayer. وَلَكِنْ يَحْرُسُوا بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا Each group was guarding the other. Everyone prayed. But while this salah was going on, each group was guarding the other at the same time. Again, this shows to us the importance of Justice, fairness. Each person should have a fair chance, an equal chance, an equal opportunity. You know, sometimes it happens that just because we're getting an opportunity to, to do something, we, we keep taking it and we forget about others. If you've had a chance to do something, let the other person also have a chance. Let them also ha- have a taste. Of, of what you are enjoying. You know, for instance, you're getting to stand in the first rakah always. Always. And your friend, you see once that she's trying to get into the first rakah, and then she's trying again, and she's trying again, and she's trying again, but she doesn't get a chance. What should you do? Also give her a chance sometimes. Make space for her. You know, squeeze so that they can also get a chance. Because unless they try it, how will they know? How will they have a taste? Now, in some narrations, uh, it has also been reported that the Prophet ﷺ performed two rak'at while the others performed one rak'ah each. And this is also correct. This is also valid. Ibn Abbas said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
made salah fard he made it obligatory at home and also during travel at home four rak'ah and in travel two rak'ah and in the state of fear one rak'ah so in the state of fear performing one rak'ah will also suffice bab as-salati 'inda munahadati al-husuni wa liqa'i al-'aduwi the prayer when munahadati al-husun when besieging fortresses husun plural of husn so a fortress imagine a walled city okay now the muslims have laid siege over there وَلِقَاءِ الْعُدُوِّ And encountering the enemy. In other words, during the battle, how should prayer be performed? Especially when the victory is very, very near. Threat is less and victory is near. You understand? So far what we have learned, that threat is a lot. It's great. But here, threat is less. But victory is near. And if you take a break for prayer, then you're almost going to lose that victory so what should be done in this situation waqala al-awza'iyu awza'i said in kana tahayya al-fathu if the victory is imminent meaning literally it seems like victory is just a few minutes away walam yaqdiru ala salati and there is no possibility of people performing the prayer meaning if they perform the prayer they will lose out on their chance sallaw then everyone will pray how? Ima'an By gesture Kullum ri'in li nafsi Each person himself Meaning that each person will pray individually How? By gesture فَإِن لَمْ يَقْدِرُوا عَلَى الْإِمَاءِ And if they're not able to do that even You know, think about it If you're doing something and you're doing dhikr at the same time uh, you, you can't multitask sometimes Right? Like for example, if you're driving You know, your typical route You know, home to class Class to home it's easy. Right? You get used to it. You don't even have to think much. But what if it's snowing, the roads are slippery, and there's a lot of traffic, and you're also getting late? Then you focus 100%. Isn't it so? You tell the children, be quiet. Nobody talk right now. Right? Even the recitation that was on, or the lecture that was on, you stop it. Because you need to pay, you know, 100% attention. Right? So, in some situations it is possible that the Muslims are facing the enemy and they're doing their salah also, saying the dhikr and just gesturing with their head. But in other situations, it's just too intense. It's too intense. They cannot multitask. So, awza'i, he said, فَإِن لَمْ يَقْدِرُوا عَلَى الْإِيمَاءِ أَخَّلُوا الصَّلَاةِ if they're not able to, you know, perform salah with gestures also, what will they do? They will delay the prayer. Hatta until yankashif al-qitalu, until the qital is over, the battle is over, aw ya'manu. It is over and they're, they're victorious. Or if they're not victorious, ya'manu. They are, they are basically safe. فَيُصَلُّوا رَكْعَتَيْنِ Then they will perform. And if they're not able to do that, Sallaw Rakatan Wasajdatani, they perform one rakar and two sajdas. La takbiru wa If this is not possible for them, they should pray one rakar with two sajdas. If they cannot do this, saying the takbir alone is not sufficient. And they should delay the prayer until they are really secure.
So you understand how if they are able to perform salah during battle, they will do that. But if that is also not possible, then they will delay the prayer. Until when? Until when? Until they are safe. And this is also proven from the way of the companions. وَقَالَ أَنَسٌ أَنَسْ رَضُوا اللَّهُ عَنْهُ سَدْ حَضَرْتُ عِنْدَ مُنَاهَضَتِ حِسْنِ تُسْتَرْ He said, I was present at the siege of the fortress of Tustar. عِنْدَ إِضَاءَةِ الْفَجْرِ At the time when Fajr was, you know, becoming brighter. Meaning, the time of Fajr was ending basically. وَاشْتَدَّ إِشْتِغَالُ الْقِتَالِ And the battle basically intensified. The fighting was intense at that time. And it was just getting more and more intense. And there seemed to be no break. You couldn't pray at the same time during the battle. And you couldn't even take a break from the battle and pray. Meaning, it wasn't possible that half the people would go pray while half are fighting. No, there was no such you know, possibility. فَلَمْ يَقْدِرُوا عَلَى الصَّلَىٰ So basically people were not able to perform the salah. فَلَمْ نُصَلِّي So we did not pray إِلَّا except بَعْدَ after إِرْتِفَاعِ النَّهَارِ Until the day had risen. So basically the time of Fajr, gone. فَصَلَّيْنَاهَا So we performed our salah. وَنَحْنُ مَعَ أَبِي مُوسَى And we were with Abu Musa. فَفُتِحَ لَنَا And we were victorious. وَقَالَ أَنَسٌ أَنَا said وَمَا يَسُرُّنِي بِتِلْكَ الصَّلَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا فِيهَا I would not take this world and everything in it in exchange for that prayer. Meaning, yes, we were victorious. However, it was at the cost of my salah. And you know what, my salah, I would still prefer that over the victory. You understand? وَمَا يَسُرُّنِي بِتِلْكَ الصَّلَاةِ Nothing will please me in exchange for this prayer. Even the dunya وَمَا فِيهَا The entire world and whatever is in it. Now, this battle that happened at Tustar, basically, Tustar place in uh, in Persia. At that time, it was in Persia, the Persian Empire. At the time of Umar radhiAllahu anhu, basically the leader of the Persians, he had taken shelter in this walled city, Tustar. And the Muslims they laid siege. They basically fought with the people and they laid siege. And the siege was there for uh, several months. And then what happened that the Persians inside Tustar himself and the leader himself included, they were basically getting weaker and weaker. And one of the people of the enemy, he embraced Islam. And he came to the Muslims and he said, I will lead you inside. So during the night, he led the Muslims in, all right, and opened the doors. Then when they opened the gates, so the Muslims were basically fighting the enemy at night. Okay? And it wasn't that easy to gain victory over this walled city because inside all the fighters were there, all the guards were there. And the the fight basically continued all night long. So much so that Fajr came in. And the time of Fajr also ended. And then finally the Muslims were victorious. So you can imagine while this battle is going on in the night, how are, it was still dark, how are they meant to go and pray? And if they missed this chance to gain victory, then what would happen? Back to square one. Right? So this is the reason why the Muslims were not able to pray. Uh, they fought all night until after Fajr, and Fajr was missed basically. Now remember that there are two opinions concerning this matter, that when the battle is intense, what should be done? One opinion is that should not delay. 
should not delay the prayer. Whatever situation you're in, pray. And others said that should delay if there is a necessity to do that. لِلْضَرُورَ And this is better because it is proven from the way of the companions and in fact it was also the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Even he did that. Meaning delay until it is possible to pray properly, correctly and Muslims are safer. However, when the salah is missed for whatever reason, even if it's a genuine, genuine reason, perform it later, but realize that something serious has been committed. A great reward has been missed. Look at the words of Anas radiallahu anhu. Was he happy about it? About missing his prayer? No. It's not the same. Those who perform something on time and those who perform it late, are they equal? No, they're not equal. They're not the same. They're different in their reward. You know, uh, when it comes to voluntary fasting, uh, for fard fasting, when do you have to make the intention? Before suhoor. Right? But for nafal fasting, you know, it's noon time and you realize you haven't eaten, you haven't had, you haven't had anything to drink all day. So you're like, okay, I'll just fast. You know what the scholar said concerning this person? Who makes the intention to fast at noon time as opposed to someone who made the intention to fast before suhoor time? There is a difference in their reward. Because one person made the intention before suhoor and another person made the intention at noon time. Both are fasting, voluntary fast. Okay? Both their fast is complete. They will get the reward of fasting. However, the one who had the intention from suhoor till sunset, his reward will be greater than the reward of the one who had the intention from noon time until sunset. You understand? There is a difference in reward. So likewise, if there is a person who performed the prayer on time, his reward obviously will be greater than the one who performed the prayer later on. He missed it and he performed the prayer later. There is a difference in reward. And this is what Anas is implying over here. That yes, we missed the prayer and we performed it later and there was a genuine reason behind that. However, I missed something. And I would give the whole world for it to get it back. How much they valued the prayer. How much importance they gave to salah. Do we give equal importance? What is salah? You are sleeping. Wake up please. What is salah? Ibadah. Right? What kind of ibadah is it? Physical as well as of the tongue. It's of the badan, of the tongue, of the heart. All three are included. Qalb, lisan, jawarih. It's one of the best acts of worship. Aqim salata lidikri. No, once you performed it, even if you had to rush through it for a genuine reason, you performed it. You don't perform it again. I asked the person, he said, I have to pray because he, used, he gets used to it. Yeah. That in the grave, when a person will be made to sit up and answer the questions, you know, he will see the sun close to setting and he will say, I have to perform my asr. The believer will say that. And the angels will say, no, no, now you have to answer these questions. So the person who performs salah on time, salah becomes important to him. 
he begins to value it. So much so that even if he had to miss his prayer to get some important victory of this world, he would still prefer the salah over that great victory. Nothing is nothing is more important than prayer. Nothing is more important than salah. If you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, when he went for Mi'raj, what was he commanded to do? Perform prayer. How many? Fifty. And then, the number was shortened to five. I mean, if you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that we were not capable of, of performing fifty prayers in one day. Right? But still, He gave the command of fifty. And we know that Allah is Al-Hakim, for behind every hukum is hikmah. So, what does that show to us? If fifty prayers were required of us in one day, as if what the purpose of our life is what? All day, what are we required to do? Worship and pray and remember Allah. But yet, unfortunately, we spend our time doing other things and give last priority to salah. Last priority. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give direct to the Prophet the other revelation is came through to Jibreel but this is coming directly exactly all the other commands were sent down and for this command the Prophet was asked to come for an appointment directly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this command the other commands were conveyed through who? Jibreel like Musa he was called to Mantur to receive the Torah the Prophet was called not to a mountain but to high up in the heavens to receive this great hukum. Because the more important it is, the more important the meeting is. The more importance is given to the meeting. So, the importance of salah. حدثنا يحيى قال حدثنا وكيع عن علي يبني مبارك عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن أبي سلمة عن جابر بن عبد الله قال جاء عمر يوم الخندق He said that Umar رضي الله عنه came on the day of Khandaq. فَجَعَلَ يَسْحُبُّ كُفَارَ قُرَيْشِ He began cursing the unbelievers of Quraysh. وَيَقُولُ when he was saying, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ مَسَنْجَرَ بَاللَّهُ مَا صَلَّيْتُ الْعَصْرَ I have not prayed عصر حتى so much so that كَادَتِ الشَّمْسُ أَنْ تَغِيبُ The sun is about to set. Meaning the sun is nearly setting and I still haven't had chance to pray my عصر because of these kuffar. Because you remember that the battle of Khandaq, how was it? How was it? Basically there was a trench that was dug, the enemy was on the other side of the trench and the Muslims were basically guarding the trench. So the Muslims had to be constantly on guard. Constantly. Right? And there were times when when guarding involved shooting the arrows and defending yourself from the arrows that were being shot at you. So in this process, while the Muslims were guarding the trench, what happened? Umar anhu he did not get a chance to pray Asr. This happened that he, he, he must have been saying, okay, now I will go. Okay, now hopefully they will stop shooting so I can go. But it so happened that the sun was about to set. So he went to the Prophet ﷺ to ask him that what am I supposed to do? فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And even I, by Allah, even I have not performed my Asr. So not just Umar anhu, but even the Prophet ﷺ and some other companions, they entirely missed their Asr. He said, فَنَزَلَ إِلَى بُطْحَانَ فَتَوَضَّعَ Then they went to Butan. It's an area, it's a wadi in Medina. Why did they go there? Because it was safer. They were far from the trench. So while some Muslims were guarding the trench, 
the rest of them went to Butthan for the wudu. The Prophet ﷺ performed wudu, and by the time that they did wudu and everything, the sun had already set. وصل العصر and he performed عصر بعد ما غابت الشمس after the sun had set. ثم صل المغرب بعدها and then he performed Maghrib after it. So what do we learn from this? That if the situation is intense and a person is not able to pray at all, then he will pray when it is safe. But this should not be the norm. Unfortunately, we have made this a norm for ourselves. Because I'm cooking, I will pray later. Because I'm shopping, I will pray later. Because the guests are here, I will you know, pray later. Because I'm sleeping, I will pray later. No. You have to give priority to salah. Sometimes, yes, it happens is that the situation is completely out of your control. It is completely out of your control. You left the house well in time. It wasn't even time for Asr yet. And what happened? You got stuck in traffic. And now you're on the highway. You can't even pull over on the side. And you're just stuck. In some cities, really the traffic is so bad at certain times that you could be stuck in traffic for a couple of hours. I remember somebody was saying that they came to Toronto. They were comparing uh, Toronto's traffic with traffic in other places and they were saying that we had the worst experience of our lives they were driving to one of the museums and they said that basically they were stuck in traffic for four hours four hours they were stuck in traffic and finally they had to turn their car around and go back four hours now if this happens to you during daytime at the time of Asr you left after praying Dhuhr four hours you're in traffic your salah is gone yeah. Now, if in this situation, like we learned earlier, that a person can perform salah while riding. Okay, so the passengers, they can pray. Because there is no option. You cannot get out of the car. You cannot get off the highway. Because the exit is so far away. You thought you could reach the exit, but now there is 15 minutes left until sunset. By the time you'll reach the exit, your salah will be gone. So yes, fard, generally, what do you have to do? You have to stop your vehicle and pray. Standing properly. But here, you don't have that chance. You don't have that ability. So where will you pray? In the car. But what about the driver? What about the driver? They have to focus completely on driving. You understand? And you could say, okay, you know, somebody else should drive. But even that's not possible. What if nobody else drives in that car? You understand? These are real life issues. These things happen. What do we do in these situations generally? We delay the prayer. We leave the prayer completely. Just because the driver can delay his prayer doesn't mean the passengers can. I managed with a lot of difficulty to, uh, to reach the closest masjid. But it was like maybe five minutes from Maghrib time. So by the time you do your do, by the time you do, you are ready for the salat, maybe you prayed in the, the time that you shouldn't be praying. Exactly. So then you just wait for Maghrib, pray your asr, and Maghrib. Right? So remember that salat should not be deferred, should not be delayed, unless you're in a situation that is beyond your control. You reach that location. Maybe you were, and that's, a time that you shouldn't be praying. Should you delay your salat until after Maghrib? If you can manage to get one rakah before that time, okay? So for example, sunset is at 5.58. And you can begin your salat at 
Can you manage to perform one rakah within two minutes? Yes, you can. So go ahead and pray. As long as you can get one rakah before the sunset. You have got the salah. Bab salat al-talibi wal-matlubi Rakiban wa imaan The salah of talib. Who is talib? The one who is seeking, pursuing. Wal-matlub. Who is matlub? The one who is being pursued. So talib is a seeker. And matlub is the one who is being sought. Okay, student teacher. Uh, this is not student teacher over here because it's salat al-khawf. Okay? So talib, think about it. The one who is seeking. Who? Meaning the one who is chasing his enemy. So for example, a Muslim man, he is chasing the enemy. And he feels that if he catches that man, and finishes him, then the Muslims will be victorious. And if he leaves him for even a few moments, he will be out of hand. Right? And if he spares him, the Muslims will lose. So Talib, he's pursuing the enemy. But at the same time, he sees the sun is about to set, and he hasn't prayed his asr, what should he do? Pursue the enemy, or leave him and pray his salah? You understand? Now, now it depends if the enemy is ordinary, leave him. But if the enemy is someone who's like one of the wanted people, top ten wanted, then in that situation, what has to be done? Well, matloob, who is matloob? The one who is being sought. Meaning, there is an enemy behind you. They're trying to catch up with you. But the sun is setting. Now, should you keep running and racing? Or should you stop and pray? How will they pray? Rakiban wa imaan. They will keep running. They will keep, you know, pursuing the enemy, or keep running in order to save themselves from the enemy. But how will they pray? Rakib, while riding, and imaan with gestures. Now, if a person is performing salah in this state, yes, his khushur will not be as it is generally. He won't be able to pay much attention. Obviously, fatukullaha. You do whatever is within your ability. But you'll be amazed at how sometimes in these situations when you pray, when you remember Allah, your khushur is more. It is much more. Because when you read, Then you will really mean it. You will really mean it. Right? So, Rakiban wa Iman. وَقَالَ الْوَلِيدُ ذَكَوْتُ لِلْأَوْزَعِيُّ Walid said that I mentioned to Awza'i Salata Shurahbil The Salah of Shurahbil Ibn Samti Wa Ashabihi and his companions Ala Dhahri Dabba That how they perform their Salah On the back of their animals Meaning while riding فَقَالَ He said كَذَلِكَ الْأَمْرُ عِنْدَنَا This is the position near us Meaning this is what we did إِذَا نُخَوِّفَ الْفَوْتُ When we feared missing the prayer Meaning you cannot stop to pray. Why? Because if you did that, you will lose or the enemy will have the better of you. At the same time, if you don't pray right away, you will miss the prayer. So what should you do? Neither stop nor miss the prayer. Keep going and keep praying. وَاحْتَجَّ الْوَلِيدُ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ الْوَلِيدُ used as proof the words of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم لَا يُصَلِّيَنَّ أَحَدٌ الْعَصْرَ إِلَّا فِي بَنِي قُرَيْضَ that none of you should pray Asr before they get to Banu Qurayla. Now remember that 
when the Prophet ﷺ was busy with the battle of the trench, Khandaq, what happened? The Banu Quraidah, the Jews, they were supposed to be helping the Muslims. Right? Because that is what the Treaty of Medina demanded from them. However, what did they do? Instead of helping the Muslims, they were harming them. Right? We learn of the incident where one of the men even tried to attack the Muslims and a woman, you know, she, she killed him. One of the Jews, he was attacking the Muslims, meaning the homes, and one of the women of the Muslims, she fought with him and she killed him. Right? So this was basically a clear breach of the treaty. So after the mushrikeen left, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He went towards Banu Quraidah to deal with them. And he sent the companions. He said, go right away. Because we have to deal with them immediately. If we delay, then what's going to happen? They're going to do something to you know, protect themselves, defend themselves. So the Prophet ﷺ told them to go right away. And he told them, none of you should pray asr until you get there. You understand? Now, what happened that some companions, when they were on their way to Banu Quraidah, it was time for Asr. Asr was about to end. Some said what the Prophet ﷺ meant was, we don't pray Asr until we get there, so we're not going to pray, even if the time is going. So we're going to delay Asr, meaning we're not going to miss even a moment. We're going to keep going to Banu Quraidah, and when we get there, then we're going to pray Asr. So you see, they missed the prayer in order to get to Banu Quraidah. Other companions said that what he meant was that we should get there ASAP. However, we're going to miss our prayer. So why miss our prayer? We're going to pray as we go. So there was a difference amongst the companions. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد بن أسماء قال حدثنا جويرية عن نافع عن ابن عمر قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لنا لما رجع من الأحزاب he said that when the Prophet ﷺ returned from the Ahzab, he said to us, لا يصلين أحد العصر إلا في بني قريضة None of you should pray Asr until they get to Banu Quraidah. فأدرك بعضهم العصر في الطريق So some of them, Asr became due on the way. Meaning some people managed to get to Banu Quraidah before Asr ended and some people, they were still on their way and Asr was about to end. فقال بعضهم لا نصلي حتى نأتيها Some of them said we will not pray until we get there. وقال بعضهم بل نصلي Rather, we will pray. Lam yurad minnadalik. We should do the prayer because lam yurad. It was not intended minna from us. Dalika that. That meaning missing the prayer. Meaning the Prophet ﷺ did not intend for us to miss the prayer. What he meant was we should get there before Maghrib. So you see, they understood the same thing differently. So some people prayed their asr and others they left it until they got there. فَذُكِرَ لِنَبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ This was mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ later. فَلَمْ يُعَنِّفْ وَاحِدًا مِّنْهُمْ He did not rebuke any one of them. So you see, you know, one group of people heard it. Some of them understood it one way and the rest understood it differently. There can be difference in understanding. That is perfectly normal. The Sahaba also had differences. Some prayed on their way and others prayed when they got there. But you see, none of them did takfir of each other. Those who were praying asr on their way did not say to those who were not praying, you're leaving your prayer. You know that is kufr. No. They didn't do that. And those who did not pray, they did not say to the rest of the people, that you are disobeying the Prophet ﷺ. They differed. They accepted the differences. 
and they and in order to solve the problem who did they go to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam what was his reaction he was okay both of you are okay because both the ways are correct both the ways are valid one has one dalil and the other has the other dalil so it's okay just don't create a big issue out of it right one group had the dalil that salah is necessary when when it's due and the other group had the dalil that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us to pray when we get there we're going to stick to his words bab at tabkiri wal ghalasi bis subhi was salati inda al igharati wal harbi at tabkir what does tabkir mean to do early so hastening wal ghalas ghalas is when it's dark bis subhi with the subh meaning performing the prayer early while it is still dark why because if they were to delay even a little bit then they would miss the prayer because then the battle would begin والصلاه عند الاغاره والحرب and the prayer at the time of an attack and during battle meaning how should the prayer be performed should it be performed yes it should be حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا حماد عن عبد العزيز بن صهيب وثابت البناني عن انس بن مالك ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الصبح بغلس ثم ركب that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed the subh meaning fajr prayer while it was still dark ثم ركب then he mounted meaning his animal. فقال, and he said, Allahu Akbar. Allah is great. خَرِبَتْ خَيْبَرْ خَيْبَرْ is destroyed. It is ruined. Meaning, we have conquered Khaybar. So we learned that this was when? At the conquest of Khaybar. إِنَّا إِذَا نَزَلْنَا بِسَاحَةِ قَوْمٍ فَسَاءَ صَبَاحُ الْمُنْزَرِينَ When we attack, when we reach, when we descend upon the courtyard of a people, meaning in their homes, then terrible is that morning for them. In other words, then we have in other words when we attack a people then that's it they're they're ruined we have really gained victory over them fakharaju so the people of khaybar they came out yasauna running meaning they came running out fisikaki meaning into the streets wayquluna and they were saying muhammadun wal khamis muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has come and the army qala wal khamisu jaish The narrator, he said, Khamis is Jaish, meaning the army. فَظَهَرَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet ﷺ was victorious over them. فَقَتَلَ الْمُقَاتِلَةَ And he fought against who? Those who raised the weapons against him. So you understand that when Khaybar was attacked, it wasn't just any and every person that came in front of them whom the Muslims attacked. No. Who did they attack? Who did they kill? those who carried weapons against the muslims and those who did not carry weapons were not fought wasaba adharari and the darari meaning their families the, the families of the people of khaybar they were taken as captives fasarat safiyatu lidihyat alkalbi safiya radiyallahu anha she came in the share of dihya alkalbi wasarat li rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam And she came in, uh, basically to the Prophet ﷺ. And you know the incident, how she said that because of her status, right? So anyway, the Prophet ﷺ, he took her from Dihya. And what happened? ثُمَّ تَزَوَّجَهَا And then he married her. وَجَعَلَ صَدَاقَهَا عِتْقَهَا And her صَدَاق, meaning her mahr, was what? عِتْق, her freedom. 
that the Prophet ﷺ freed her because her status was now of a slave, right? So he freed her and that freedom was her mahr. فَقَالَ عَبْدُ الْعَزِيزِ لِثَابِتٍ يَا أَبَا مُحَمَّدٍ أَنْتَ سَأَلْتَ أَنَسًا مَا أَمْهَرَهَا قَالَ أَمْهَرَهَا نَفْسَهَا Did you ask that what uh, her mahr was? He said her mahr was herself. فَتَبَسَّمَ And he smiled. So this shows to us that mahr can also be something intangible. It can be tangible, meaning something material, physical, monetary value, but it can also be something intangible. But it has to be agreed upon. Right? Meaning the wife must accept it as her mahr. If she says, no, this is not acceptable to me, then the man cannot say that, no, no, you have to be settled with it. It has to be with agreement. So anyway, in this hadith, what do we see? That the salah was performed early. Why? So that it is not delayed because of the battle. Alright? Now, it doesn't mean that it was performed before its time. Okay? This just shows to us that even though there is a window for every prayer, when you expect, you know, certain situations later that will, that may cause you to delay your prayer, what should you do? Perform immediate. Perform the salah as soon as the time enters. Don't say that, yes, there are two hours for the salah. I can pray in the last half hour. No, don't delay until then because you never know. You might be too busy by then. Right? And especially during the winter, Salat al-Zuhur and Asr. Right? They're really too close to each other and the time is very, very short. So they must be given priority. Otherwise, a person can easily miss the prayer. So with this, Alhamdulillah, we conclude Kitab Salat al-Khawb. And inshallah, in our next class, we will begin Eidain, the two Eid prayers. Alhamdulillah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.